Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello. Welcome to the Husky Hockey Podcast, your number one resource to remind you that when you listen to this podcast, you'll only get one feed, and that's just the dulcet tones of Weldy and Andrew. We won't have any other overlapping uh, music or uh, anything else kind of going on, which uh, was the case there for the first uh, bit of the first period for the uh, exhibition game against the Manitoba Minotauros. No, bison. Bisons. By bison. The incorrectly pluralized bisons of the University of Manitoba. Is it? Do they also add a U in it? Is it a Canadian thing? It should. I, I would give it more credit if it did. Um, but uh, <laughs> nope. Just just going incorrect with the bisons. So I got a quick question. You know, obviously, you know, we got a big weekend against the Gophers coming up. We're having our NCAA prediction uh, show, I guess you could say, show. What pomp, circumstance, what is it? We need a flashy NCAA prediction. Segment. But just a couple things here. During the uh, exhibition game, uh, Mason Solquist, goal and an assist. Off Schneid. Um, will he get a goal and an assist the rest of the season? We do have to mention, too, the goal was an empty netter. An empty netter. Um, yeah, I think he can pop in an empty netter uh, sometime in the last, what, 16 games or, or so? Yeah, that was, I mean, maybe that was harsh of me to drag on Mason Solquist a little bit. But I mean, I'm gonna. Well, we'll get kind of get into it when I talk about our preview, um, about you know kind of the depth and kind of what I'm worried about as we match up against the Gophers. But, um, yeah, a what was it? A five to two win, six to two win, five to two win, five to uh, two win, five to two win. Um, obviously, we're not gonna dwell on this a little bit. Um, you know, we're not gonna dwell on this too much. But uh, Spencer Meyer suited up. Um, So when we talked a little bit about, um, you know, if he's ready to go, do you give him a little bit of game time action? And uh, we did. Um, It wasn't obviously against, you know, a real team or anything along those lines, uh, but he skated. I thought he looked fine out there. Yeah. And that's one of the important things about these exhibition games, getting guys in who are coming, coming off of injury. Uh, in Meyer's case, we saw, as I expected, lots of playing time, lots of action for guys like Rosborough, Spalacy, Rogers, Rogers um, those those kind of guys. I, the one thing I guess I was surprised um, about is I did not we did not see James Gray in net at all, which makes me wonder if they are trying oh. to keep they're trying to keep the um, mm-hmm. you know not burn a year of eligibility. I don't know if you can. I would have I would have assumed that the exhibition game wouldn't count towards that, but I would because we you didn't serve suspensions. Right. Exhibition so I was going to say if if uh, if you're gonna if this is going to count towards suspensions, um, 
it may as well count towards uh, you know, the eligibility of a player for this year. So knowing that, or guessing that, I, I would say, um, is the reason that, that Gray was left out, and you're just going to run with these two goalies the rest of the way. So you split the action almost right down the middle. Caster uh, gave up his one goal, I think, with 10.02 remaining in the second. <laughs> so just about a perfect split. Pull them. Uh, of, Yank of, them of, right yeah, it's, it's, it's because of the goal, uh, for sure. But, uh, um, but you, Alex, yeah. Alex Fern, um, the uh, play-by-play voice of the Huskies for KBSC, actually um, reached out to me saying that he did ask about uh, why we didn't see uh, Gray in net. And, yeah, that was actually um, – it would have taken uh, the red shirt off of him. So, really? Yeah. So that caught me a little bit by surprise, but also I I tried to find the clip and I I obviously I didn't, but I remember at the beginning of the season, Brett said that it was going to be a goaltending tandem at the start of the season between Bassey and Caster. Obviously, we've seen that, but he said we're going to have a third guy with um uh, James Gray that is you know, not happy about not getting playing time. So, you know, he made it sound like he was going to be into the mix or ah. that they were going to look at him. Obviously, very impressive numbers in his previous league. Uh, but, you know, probably with just how the goaltenders have been going on the first probably, what, three weeks into the season, he was like, no, talk to James and say, I'm sorry, you're not going to get a, you're not going to get any playing time this year, but you're going to have an extra year of eligibility and come back here. Um, and then, you know, who knows what's going to happen next, but that's probably what happened then. Um, I was a little bit of a, little bit of a surprise, but um, it makes sense. Yeah. I remember at the beginning of the year thinking that I remember circling like the Bibigi series thinking that might've been an, uh, a time to get gray a start. Um, thinking it would be tough to do it right off the bat with St. Thomas would be an ideal opponent to give your third goaltender some action. Saw that last year when Lamaru's only time uh, in net was in one of those St. Thomas games, but tough to do that with a you know freshman just in his first weeks of, uh, of college. Uh, I don't know. It seems, I, I don't, Maybe I'm reading it wrong. I didn't think that they're bringing Gray in as some sort of starter potential down the road. Um, you know, we've still got Bassey for another year. Uh, I wonder if Caster still has a year here uh, because of the COVID year. I, I'm, I've lost track of him. I don't know how exactly how long he's been here, but certainly have Bassey for another year. And there is a, a prospect uh, in the USHL that, you're thinking, I mean, they could have brought him in this year, but did not have a great year last year. And so he's in the USHL for his one last year this year, thinking that he, he's me brought in next year as well. <clears throat> so I'm not sure what the long-term plans from for Gray is. This bodes well for him, I would think, if Larson feels so uh, compelled to you know, give Gray another year uh, by holding him out in the entirety of this year must mean that he doesn't just see third string a warm body you know, role 
for Gray, something more than that. A guy that could potentially be a starter a year or two or three down the road. So, yeah, I, he knows more about Gray. He's seen Gray, more Gray action than I have. <laughs> I was That was what I was most curious to see is just what, what we have in Gray. But I guess I got to wait uh, a little bit longer to see that, uh, to see my James Gray in net. So, yeah, other than that, not a ton of intrigue with this game. Um, you know, saw Ingram get on the score sheet. They, the top-end guys didn't get as, as much playing time, but made as much as they could in that limited action. Okabe popping in a goal. Crookshank, as you mentioned, Solquist getting off the schneid. And so... Cronolo with two assists. Yeah. So some of the, you know, the the uh, usual suspects um, playing a factor. And uh, yeah, nice little Friday afternoon for the home crowd, uh, including <laughs> yourself uh, and including, your daughter. Yeah. You're able to yeah, get in um, that, that sweet uh, deal, ticket deal. You were able to get in the building. Yeah, uh, the sweet ticket deal of um, that I was really uh lucky enough that uh one of my followers fight the pants um was able to uh give me uh he had an extra ticket so he was able to leave it for me at will call and then um i was just kind of like i have a ticket and my daughter's next to me and i just kind of walked in so i didn't even ask or didn't even try to buy a second ticket or anything like that so maybe i Maybe that's, I should have done something along those lines. That's an idea. That's good. Yeah. So good, good, good. But I again, like, since it was just uh, left to me at will call, I didn't um have any idea of like what the prices were or anything like that because they didn't have like any sign that said like how much prices were. So, um, otherwise it could have been you know exactly the same as a regular game or if like at the ticket office it would have been cheaper tickets so it's still a little bit confusing but i was able to get in and again i only watched for a period so i don't feel really bad that i ripped off st cloud state especially because my uh uh, daughter wanted a bunch of concessions so in that one period she wanted um pizza popcorn water and um uh, some candy hungry yeah that's good oh, and she, it's not yeah she know, ate like a quarter of all of it <laughs> so yeah and it's you know saying that he didn't he skimped on a ticket here it's not like St. Cloud State is in any sort of financial issues um, or <laughs> existential problems uh, when it comes to funding and they're, they're not in danger of cutting sports or anything yeah, like that right? so exactly. At least you gave them uh, some money for those Skittles. Um, hey, I'm, I'm, I wasn't going to go to the Gopher game, uh, but I decided just to pick up a ticket and go. So I did, I did pay full price for that one. So don't make me feel too guilty here for an you're, exhibition game that I spent only a period at. You're going to the Gopher game. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Nah, yep. Wouldn't I bet it's not probably not the easiest ticket to get. Um, it's it's pretty easy tickets if you are um a single person going oh it's just yourself <laughs> just myself yep just me 
Um, like going around trying to find two seats together, unless I mean you could be way up in the back. Yeah, right. you can find some, but I think I just picked one in just kind of a random section. I was like that one because usually I just stand up anyway, and yeah. I'm just kind of in the standing room section. So. You're gonna be putting suiting up in your uh, ref garb. Nope. Should That's get retired. Should, should uh, those games? Those days are behind me. It's gonna say you should you should dust off, dust it off, but. Probably is a couple sizes too small at this point. A little point. bit. Yeah. It was a couple sizes too small back when <laughs> I was wearing it. Um, yeah, and then now, like, the student section will be like, who's this old guy? Like, <laughs> what are you doing? See, that's where you go there and teach teach the young kids. Yeah. You know, you got to pass on the tradition. You know, you know that cheater, cheater, cheater chant? Yeah, I started that. That's how yeah. old I am. <laughs> They're going to look at me like I'm crazy. So crazy like a fox. Mm-hmm. So let's, uh, let's, I don't know. What is that? Dovetail. Let's dovetail into it. Let's dive into, uh, the weekend. Um, obviously, uh, the, the incredibly common, uh, Saturday, Sunday series, uh, 6 PM, 3 PM start, uh, for, for, for this series. And, um, it's, you know, obvi- obviously, it's it's huge and a lot of implications, um, pairwise, uh, common opponents, and everything along the like um, in, in regard to that. Um, obviously, big rival who we are not going to see for at least the next two years. So that, um, I think, puts a little bit of an extra wrinkle into it. I wonder how much Brett's going to use that as kind of a driving force. Of like this is the last time you're gonna play them, so make them, you know, <laughs> make them remember that that you that uh, who Saint Cloud State is. So, um, but it's going to be, I mean, it's gonna be just your old fashioned heavyweight tilt. Um, I think both places are gonna be rocking. I know Mariucci is almost sold out as well. Um, so it's it's gonna be uh, quite the atmosphere for for these games. What are you uh, What are you really looking forward to for this series? <clears throat> Curious about the squad that the Gophers are going to put on the ice. We've got World Juniors breaking update. Canada scored in overtime half hour ago, hour ago, something like that. As we're recording here on Monday night, setting up a U.S. Canada quarterfinal or semifinal, semifinal, semifinal. On Thursday, and that uh, guarantees the U.S. will play on, or excuse me, they'll, they'll play the semifinal on Wednesday. They'll also play on Thursday, either the gold medal game or the third place game. So, and then we got the game on Saturday and Sunday. So, I mean, there's definitely, I mean, they they, they can be there, the the four players for the Gophers and then Jack for the Huskies. Noticing I'm not touching the last name. That's my new. It's my New Year's resolution. It's uh, he's just Jack. He's like Prince. He's just one name for me. <laughs> just from, one name from now right. on. Sounds so th- those players, I'm sure, will be in the building. Will they be playing though? Uh, you know, they'll have a day off in between um, that Friday off. But you know, at that point, these players will be playing what eight, nine, ten games in a. 
eight, nine, ten day period at that point might be natural to get him some rest. I would with with the golfers number one overall. You can make the argument that this these games mean a little bit more from from St. Cloud's perspective. Uh, they have more to gain here. Obviously, you can't gain more than being number one in pairwise. And so, I don't know what's gonna. That's that's the intriguing part is how these coaches. I mean, with with Larson, you just got the one player here to deal with, uh, Jack. Whether or not in he our, plays or not. Yeah, in in, in where we're the deepest. Well, like, where they're like the Jack- deepest. And you're getting Meyer, now I'm assuming you're getting Meyer back now that he played in mm-hmm. the exhibition game and played fine, looked fine. Um, but as far as the Gopher guys, uh, if if he decides to give them another day of rest, that means that their two leading scorers, Cooley and Snuggerud, would be out. Also, one of their defensemen in Chesley, uh, Luke Milstadt, kind of more of a, a depth guy for them. Um, so I, I'm not sure what Motsko does. I would assume that they're going to play in a Sunday game, and I'm almost I'm assuming that Motsko and Larson decided to make this a Saturday-Sunday series in order for World Juniors participants to at least get one day of action because you're getting an extra day of rest. Um, I asked Larson that as much. I tried to goad him into... Uh, telling me that that was the case. And he just said that those are the dates that Bob gave us. So uh, he's playing coy here, but so that's, that's the most intriguing part. Cause it's a huge deal. If, if Cooley and Snuggerud are going to not going to be in that lineup on Saturday, even if they are, I do think that I, I I'm thinking a split here. I, I like the home teams winning in this series. Um, it, uh, it's going to be a big series for the, the Huskies, though. You know, we, we've gone a yeah. month month here without playing a real game, and the last time they played, uh, kind of left a bad taste in everybody's mouth with a, a bad loss to Miami. But um, getting up for the Gophers generally isn't too much of a problem for the Huskies, um, and I like the fact that they're kicking the series off in St. Cloud. I like having the, the, the first game be the home game. And yeah, it should be a, a lively atmosphere. You know, it's nationally televised. It's CBS Sports Network, um, and it's a, it should be a good matchup. You know, this is a couple of teams that like to that 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 like to forecheck. That it's it's. I think they're going to be some higher scoring games, four to three, five to four types. I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, excited to see some some of this Gopher talent. I would love to see Cooley and Snuggerud play both games. I, I don't, I'm not hoping for that kind of break to go St. Cloud's way. Mostly because I I am intrigued to see those players play uh, in this series as well. Uh, I want to I want to have both teams play at their best. You know, I don't want you know some of their better players. You know, including Jack. Uh, I don't want to have games where those players aren't participating. I, I like to, to see the, the full rosters go at it here. So, and yeah, uh, mentioning that this will be the last time in the regular season uh, that we get a series between these two teams, which is definitely disappointing. I not a big fan of, of, of this, of this schedule. I mean, I, I I'm on record saying that I was kind of I've kind of been frustrated with St. Cloud's on conference the last couple of years. If it's just going to be the Mankato, Bemidji, and St. Thomas, uh, 
show every year and cycle in one or two other opponents to that mix. The one that I would hate to 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 see go is the Gophers, um, mm-hmm. and I don't um, I don't like yeah. You know, I've realized the last ten years to want or expect teams to do things for the better of college hockey is a pipe dream. Um, <laughs> that. The, the the major decisions of this sport in the last ten years have been in the opposite direction of that, um, yeah. doing things that are the uh, that are injurious to college hockey as a whole, and just looking out for number one and all that. Um, so I'm not I, I'm not dis, I'm not surprised. I guess I just figure with Motsko having so much experience of this on the other side of it, why he would so willingly do this. I mean, they, they didn't play yeah. Duluth, Duluth this year, kick them off the schedule for, you know, a, a couple, at least one cycle, uh, schedule cycle. Uh, they're not playing North Dakota. It, they are playing them next year, but in the year after that, they're not playing them either. Um, I'm assuming that Mankato will, will, will be getting the boot. They hadn't played Bemidji period until they play this exhibition game over this last weekend. And that was, again, a, a token exhibition game. Had not gone up to Bemidji. The Gophers hadn't gone up there since the start of the Big Ten. And so, I don't know, it's frustrating, especially when you're you know, looking at what their... I'm sure their perspective is Big Ten's loaded. And we... I'm sure they would say, because I know a lot of Gopher fans have said that these in-state rivalries with the Gophers, that means more to the smaller schools than it does the Gophers. And the Gophers probably see that as a little bit of an inconvenience um, more than anything, especially if they can point to this year and how well the Big Ten is doing. They don't really need to schedule a very tough non-conference schedule, especially a non-conference schedule where all of your opponents, if they are the in-state schools, are going to be extra jazzed to see you um, and extra motivated to play you. Um, they don't need that high of a non-conference strength of schedule. And so I'm sure that's a big part of it because you look at who they're replacing these natural rivals on their schedule. This year they've added Lindenwood to the, to the rotation. Last year it was Mercyhurst. year before it was Niagara. Uh, Alaska was in the schedule last year for them. It's not like they're saying, Hey, we've had, we've had great times with these in-state schools, but we want to have some of our, you know, uh, Boston, the historical rivalries with Boston university and Boston college. No, they just want some patsies to, to fill out the schedule. And because it's not a, a huge loss for them at the gate because they have so much season ticket revenue. doesn't even matter if butts in the seats aren't going to be very high for games against Atlantic hockey teams. Um, I think they would prefer that than having to go into these hostile environments where, you know, Bemidji and Mankato and St. Cloud take this very seriously. And, and you guys kind of duck in and duck out and, if you win, you win. If you lose, you survived it and, and all that. I just think it's it's weak um, to seemingly go out, of, got to go out of your way to avoid scheduling them, especially when these teams are very much 
very much interested in scheduling you. They, you know, the Gophers know, and Motsko certainly knows, the benefit that St. Cloud will have from hosting a Gopher game and whatnot. And again, he can probably say, screw that. I don't care about, why should I give a crap about St. Cloud's uh, gate? Yeah, that's true. Um, and so, again, that's, that's how this sport has operated in the last like, you know, 10 years. So why, why, do they, why do they need to bend backwards for the little guy? I feel like, though, if you're a player for Minnesota, you would still want to because you would revel in being the Yankees of college hockey or, you know, you're you should thrive in that heel role of going to these lesser schools and, you know, kind of relishing in the fact that you're going to be the most, you know, hated people in the town for for, you know, a 15 hour stretch. So it's. But, you know, like you said, it's, I mean, if these are the teams in the direction that Bob wants to go with it, you know, obviously we're just speculating, but I mean, just look at who, you know, we're going to be replaced. I mean, we'll, we'll look for sure next year to see who we're going to be replacing with. And, you know, a lot of people said, you know, who didn't care for Lucia, but when he was with Minnesota, he understood the importance of making sure that these teams get scheduled. Um, and that, again, lifts up college hockey, um, as a whole, but if we're, we're definitely not in that area, I mean, look at the start of the NCHC. I mean, that in, by definition was, we're going to watch out for our own backs here and kind of screw some of these other schools. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's frustrating. I think 50, 100 years from now, historians will look back at this, at this period, the, the, the conference realignment period, and, and look, what in the Sam hell were you thinking? Um, seeing what you had built prior to that, and then the, the aftermath of making, making these, these, two, these two big moves, the Big Ten Conference and then the NCHC formation. Uh, kind of coupled at the hip, those two moves. Um, really, 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 really stupid. Just look at the final <laughs> five, which doesn't even exist anymore. Um, that was a cash cow, uh, and it is dead. Uh, and it will yeah. never, never be replaced with anything. I mean, the frozen face-off is a, is a, uh, a poor uh, replacement for that. Uh, and I don't, think it, I don't think it'll ever get to what the final five was. We can also um, we can always bring back the North Star College Cup. Yeah, you could, which I, I, I and which was kind of a Lucia's idea. Yeah, he's not the guy I blame uh, in, in this case. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, things you can you can make fun of Lucia for uh, the 21 year <laughs> freshman and, and the CCHA uh, overtime uh, review procedures, um, but knowing getting it when it comes to how Kalachaki is unique in that the trickle up approach um, does sort of work here. Whereas uh, it's, it's, it's yeah, the, the, the powers that be seem to, and, and again, I, I just, I don't quite get why Matsko it doesn't get it just because he had so much experience from St. Cloud's perspective on that. Uh, it's, it's frustrating, but, um, 
And so, yeah, maybe that will be some more motivation this weekend for, for the Huskies. Yeah. I want to get two more, more uh, of a tie heel. Track. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's so, right. I did, uh, I, I did ask, uh, you know, some of the members of the Doc Pound to write a sign that says, schedule us, you coward. So I really hope that uh, that comes through. That might change his um, mind, too. It could <laughs> yeah, be very, it might. Totally. very persuasive. Exactly. Yep, exactly. He's like, you know what? I got a good, got a good point, Doc Pound. Um, as, as far as, you know, the actual teams and the players, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking split too. Um, but I'm a little bit worried we're going to get swept. Um, and the reason is because I just worry a little bit about our forward depth. And I think that, uh, Minnesota has that ability to really puck control possession and really grind down teams. And if our third or fourth line kind of gets caught in our own end too often, I just think that the forward depth of the Gophers is going to be a little bit too much for us to handle. Um, that's that's kind of my worry. Now, you, you know, the interesting point about the players and the rest for, you know, especially like Cooley and Snuggerud have been so impressive for the Gophers this year. And that is going to be kind of, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm imagine that if they come on Friday they, or on Saturday, they're going to want to play. And I would be, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like if, if Peart was there, I would want him to play. So I, that's kind of where I'm at with it is that I think, you know, these guys are, still in peak physical condition that they're still going to want to make these games and, and play and help their team win. So that's what I'm going to assume um, that both, you know, all players are going to play um, for every game. And it's going to be an electric atmosphere, an electric game. Um, but with just the, the, the depth, I mean, I'm looking at their line charts from their last game, you know, with, um, you know, on the bottom bottom six for, um, for the for the Gophers with you know Pitlick, um, Hooglin, and Lamb, you know, going up against you know a Molinar, Spalacy, and Brand. I just, I, I just, I just look at the advantage there for the Gophers. So hopefully, I'm wrong on that, and um, you know, this team comes amped up and ready to play, and you know, they have that Miami, you know, backwash still in the. In, the, in their mouth that they want to spit out and, and put a, put a good game forward. They get amped up and that's really what I'm hoping. Yeah. Go Gopher has been an offensive juggernaut this year. Second most goals yeah. scored in the country um, with 86 power plays in the top five in the country. Their penalty kill is not great in the forties. So special teams would be very important here for the Huskies. Um, as we've mentioned their struggles of late on the power play or on the penalty kill themselves. Yeah. So, we've only been 10 of 17, um, in the last three games yeah. on the penalty kill, um, power play the Miami, the Miami is, uh, what really killed us. Yeah. Power play is still doing pretty well for St. Cloud, but the uh, penalty kill for both teams could get shored up. Um, and you know the other X factor about that is that like a traditionally coached Bob Motzko team, Minnesota's the least penalized team in the nation. Yeah. So yep. I mean, you're not going to get a lot of chances on the power play. Yep. Not a surprise there. 
But that's uh, because they control the puck so well. So they have the puck so much. So you, you don't have to, you know, it's, it's hard to drag down other people when you have the puck. We still haven't mentioned Matthew Nyes, you know, breakout season last year and having another strong season this year. Just a beast. Um, Brock Faber, probably their best defenseman. Um, probably will be playing for the Wild later this year, I bet. Um, he's not even the top-scoring defenseman on the team. That's uh, Jackson Lacombe with 20 points right now. He's right behind uh, Anhorn for the nation leader among defensemen. Uh, and I got my middle stats mixed up. I mentioned that I thought it was uh, John Middlestat was the guy at the juniors. It's actually Luke, who's, uh, who's another one of their point men. So they have two defensemen at the World Juniors and two forwards. Luke Middlestat, pretty good. I mean, 13 points uh, on the point this year in his freshman season. So not doing too bad either. Uh, Justin Close, should mention him, is the goaltender for them. Uh, their other guy, the uh, buy a vowel guy. Um, <laughs> has only played in five games this year. So close has had the overwhelming amount of uh, uh, edge in minutes this year for, for the goaltenders, for the uh, Gophers, you know, putting up a 918 save percentage, 216 goals against. Saw him emerge last year after uh, LaFontaine bolted midseason. At that point, a lot of Gopher fans and even a lot of just college hockey analysts were saying Gophers are kind of screwed here because throwing the job to an untested close at that point, but he guided the team to the frozen four and having a, a, a solid season. I don't think he's going to get Richter votes, but uh, having a decent year for them too. So it's a good all around good team. I mean, they, they, if we know Motsko, these, this team is fast, skate very well, very good on the transition you know, watching them in person in uh, Arizona State a month or so ago, well, I was very impressed with their skill and their speed. Not surprising if you if you know Motsko's mo. So uh, hopefully we can uh, beat him at his own game here. Um, and uh, just looking forward to some good hockey. And uh, yeah, I maybe the split is optimistic. I mean, uh, Minnesota I think is the number one team in pairwise for a reason right now. Uh, they've yeah. been and they've been clicking of late too you know, coming into the break here uh, with, with a good amount of momentum. So, so uh, it should be a, a, a dazzling series and let's hope that uh, St. Claude doesn't come out empty handed. And like I said, I'm going to go with the split. I like the, I like the home, uh, the home crowd and the energy in that building. I think that's going to carry them on, on Saturday, uh, but uh, should see a good game on both, both days. Um it's going to be a weird, a weird one and on Sunday, we, too. Sunday afternoon game is a, is a weird Sunday one. Sunday 3 o'clock, yeah. That's also, I remember last year it was flipped, right? We won at Mariucci, and then it was the hook call that Motsko called that kid Dove when it was Perbix. <laughs> And he just got he just got paid today. I saw. Yeah, he uh, did. Signed uh, signed with the uh, Lightning for two years. Um, so one point what one point one two mil I think per sure. year. Sure, let's so, go with it. I don't know the the details. I just saw the headline, but very good for him. He, we're gonna blink again. And he's gonna be a five year pro at the NHL level. Like he's yeah, he's just like right. just naturally glided into their like starting like regular lineup and uh, mm-hmm. hasn't missed a beat. So uh, 
stick taps to Nick Furbix on on a job well done. Um, you know, one of the other, um, you know, so if we're just kind of going line by line, it's, it's going to be, it's, it's just going to be an up and down. It's just going to be a fast paced game and, and St. Cloud controlling the line changes at the end, you know, uh, for the shifts on, on Saturday, I think it's going to be huge. Um, like you said, the, the atmosphere and, you know, if, you know, their first or second line is out making sure that we're not putting out our third and fourth lines, because I think, you know, those top lines are really going to do some damage. Um, one other person I just want to shout out because I am from Southwestern Minnesota, uh, Jackson Nelson from Laverne 3A hockey represent, um, also going at about a point per game clip has 19 points in 20 games. So that's, uh. You don't get a lot of talent there from uh, from three uh, A down in southwestern Minnesota, so I got to shout it out when I when I have the chance. You bet. So, um, so Caster Bassey, just keep keep it rolling. Uh, that's uh, kind of been the mo all season, and um, I, I would imagine you would that probably actually works the best because you would want, I would assume Bassey somebody who started a little bit more in a hostile environment. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Bassey both games, but um, I, you know, I, I can see Brett just kind of keeping this train going here with the rotating goalies. Yeah, I, I would expect that as well. Um, I've been on record a couple of times this year saying that we should switch it up in some, some regard, but I I wouldn't bet on on it changing this weekend. Um I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it it's sometime in the second half we do see either one guy play both games uh, or or flip-flop it, you know, have Bassey you know, do the first game and Cash the second game. But I think that's going to come once it's going to be, it's going to come because of results. Like one of them is not going to play very well, or it's going to be a sickness or something that's going to force it. Uh, I just don't think that uh, it's going to happen this weekend. So I would, I would expect it to, to, to stay the same. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason to kind of change it now. So I am with you on that one. Um, Meyer comes back and Pierre comes back. Who sits? Uh, I mean, that's kind of my big question is like, you know, I mean, you're sitting Reiners, Zemer, Zemer, Zemer. Yeah. Zemer to me is, is, is number three of those three that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I'd probably put him at the bottom of the depth chart. Then I'd probably put, Reiners and Reiners maybe and then Wiley. Which so you would have Reiners out of those three? I would bet I would sit Zemer. I don't know if I was clear there. Well, definitely. But and then, we, but we would still need to. We would still need to sit. All oh, right, because yeah, because it could. Anhorn, Lukey, Peart, Bushy, Trayball, Meyer. So yeah, you probably give one, probably give a game to to both, to give a game to Wiley and give a game to Reiners. I'd sit Zemer both nights. 
I know you're more more of a fan of Zemer than I am, but um, I don't think he was particularly good in Miami, and he's been he's he's kind of a loose cannon sometimes. He makes some dumb penalties, and I'm not sure if we want to risk that against the Gophers, such a high octane offense. I, I'm looking more for a stay at stay at home guys this weekend. Kyle and I sure. I prefer a guy like Reiner's to Zemer than Zemer. Yeah, I mean, the discipline and the penalties, it's, yeah, that's the part of Zemer's game, obviously, I don't care for. So, I mean, that doesn't, you know, I, I am a fan of him, and I think you're right. I think that's probably how it would go, um, barring giving, obviously, Peart some rest. But either way, I think Zemer sits well tonight. So you got you got split, I got Split fingers crossed, <laughs> which is not really optimistic of me. Um, and I, I hope I'm wrong. Um, Split would be huge. Yeah, uh, a win against the number one uh, pairwise team um, will do wonders. So even a loss this week, a win and a loss is an excellent result for the Huskies yeah. this weekend. Um, you know, just kind of looking overall, uh, at the, uh, the pairwise St. Cloud moving up to five on the off, uh, weekend here, um, with, uh, some of the results over this last weekend. Um, anything kind of stick out in your mind over this last weekend before we get into our prediction segment? Yeah. I mean, we're this last weekend that just ended and then this coming weekend, um, kind of wraps up the bulk of the non-conference slate. Still have a couple of stragglers, the bean pot, and then Connecticut has their version of the bean pot, a, a four-team, all-Connecticut schools um, little tournament at the end of February or January, one of the two. Other than those two tournaments that I just mentioned, we're pretty much done with the non-conference, which is... Kind of why we have our uh, NCAA tournament field prediction this weekend, because a lot of that does hinge on conferences can jockey for non-conference positioning, and, and a lot of that takes care of itself through the non-conference schedule. And so uh, one of the last gasp weekends of non-conference didn't have a ton of like real compelling matchups but certainly had some compelling results, um, ones that I was not seeing as being possibilities, such as Alaska Lindenwood. Anchorage, <laughs> Lindenwood. Lindenwood beating uh, Vermont. Yes, that was the tip of, tip of my tongue there. Um, <laughs> uh, I had to f- figure out who they actually played. No, uh, Anchorage sweeping... Uh, UMass Lowell in Lowell, which just kills Lowell's chances of making the tournament, I think. I mean, even yeah. one loss there would have been uh, catastrophic. Two losses, I think, is on... Lowell went uh, from you can't overcome 14 that. in the pairwise. They went from 14 in the pairwise down to 27. Just a, just a free fall. And a team that I wonder was... if there's a segment we can do, maybe like a risers and sinkers and floaters type of like who 
who shot up the pairwise and who went down like kind of the yeah, you come up with the uh the sound bite for that one um, <laughs> I, I mean to be fair i just stole the term sinkers and floaters from most extreme elimination challenge so it'd be a toilet flushing uh in the background of that right? of that sound bite if we do have it <laughs> but um i had to look at uh, anchorage's schedule um because they've got four wins this year. And I, I was trying to find out if they have a chance to ruin anybody else's season. Um, because you can make a case that with their win against Western Michigan at the end of the year mm-hmm. might be the difference between Western making the tournament or not. They beat Northern Michigan, which, you know, Northern had some hype coming into the year. And that loss that, not uh... necessarily torpedoed them in, in pairwise, but it may have torpedoed them in terms of at that point, like you know, Northern beat them nine to one, and then the next day Anchorage beats them. It's like, yeah, I don't think it's happening uh, for for Northern this year. And I was incredibly the, high on Northern at the beginning of the season. I think I had them winning the WCHA. Oh, I, I, the we're WCHA. Say, we're we're going to say that CCHA. <laughs> so it looks like they're they play UConn uh, at the end of February mm-hmm. and. They, I guess you got to throw in Alaska because Fairbanks, with a win at Notre Dame, uh, probably the other big shocking result. I'm not even sure if I can say shocking, though, because that makes uh, Anchorage, or excuse me, uh, Fairbanks up to 22 in pairwise. So I suppose Fairbanks could uh, be spoiled by Anchorage, and I'm sure Anchorage would love that. Um, but uh, it's a lot of... You know, for for uh, for Anchorage, it's it's a lot of Lindenwood and Long Island, and you know Maine is not very good. They don't have a ton of opportunities to to kill other other teams' seasons, but boy, uh, good chance that you etched R.I.P. into uh, Lowell's tombstone this weekend. Uh, at least their uh, chances this year. Uh, with with two uh, loss or two wins uh, uh, in Lowell, so big uh, big shocker there, um, and it shows you too. Bad losses can can just sink you like a stone, and yeah, if this was if we were doing our preview episode last weekend, probably would have put Lowell in the field, but. Um, not anymore. Not anymore. And no. and they got a long uphill battle to get to to regain that lost traction. And I don't know if they have enough runway to get there. Um, that's this, uh, uh, that... this Alaska team. You know, you're talking about Anchorage um, and their remaining schedule. I uh, I took a peek here at uh, Fairbanks and their remaining schedule. And next weekend they play at Magnus. Uh, so they got two games at Denver, and they've got four remaining games against Arizona State, um, which yes. you know, Alaska, and four against Long Island as well. Um, if they can win one of these games in Denver, which tough task, mm-hmm. they Omaha did. did it. They did. They and, and Alaska went in there last year and tied Denver, a better Denver team from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's possible. I mean, they, they just beat Notre Dame. I don't know Denver is better. Denver is better than Notre Dame, but you know, Alaska did just uh, win at Notre Dame this past weekend. If they can win one of those games in Denver, and then 
I think they got 12 games left after that, and if they can win, basically run the table, which isn't un, out of the realm of possibility. I mean, Arizona State will be the toughest opponent the rest of the way for them, and Alaska's higher than them in pairwise. Um, two against Lindenwood, four against Long Island, four against ASU, and then two against Anchorage. They can get to 21, 22 wins. It's possible they could get into that pairwise mix. I still think it's like a 5% chance. And that's even like, even if they beat Denver, it'd still be like a 5% chance. So still odds are stacked against Alaska, mostly because these teams I just mentioned, they could get a lot of quantity wins here, but you're not going to get any real quality wins um, with any of these opponents that you're playing. So I still think that it's, highly unlikely that Alaska is going to going to get into the tournament but as the leader of the independents I don't think we had them really uh being the leader of the clubhouse of the uh yeah. teams without a conference so I mean shout out to them but uh didn't see that coming necessarily but um but yeah they it's just weird like how just historically how Anchorage has always sucked and Fairbanks seems to be okay. Like, remember last year, Fairbanks, like I said, they tied Denver. They beat the Gophers in Mariucci. And they can, they can play with teams. And you look at their, their results this year. Lots of one-goal games uh, in these results. Yeah. Uh, you know, played a couple of one-goal games against Penn State. And so it's, uh, all these games have been tight. So, I mean, they're, they're not a terrible team. Um, but I, I don't, yeah, preview to our uh, NCAA you know, selection prediction. I do not have them in the field, but yeah, if they uh, give Denver, uh, you know, get a steal a win out of them, eh, it could get a little, uh, a little interesting. Yeah, it's you know, looking over right. I don't, I don't know if we mentioned it, but right now they're sitting at twenty-one in the pairwise. So obviously, like you said. Outside, outside chance. Um, but they might, uh, you know, if they do make a make a run here. Um, you know, I found it uh, kind of interesting that as far as offense, they don't really have a lot. <laughs> um, they have, you know, a handful of people who have about, you know, a half a point per game or so. But uh, they're uh, a goalie. Uh, Matt Radomski um, sitting at a 191 goals against and a 921 save percentage. So that's uh, bet you he'll weird. be a he'll he'll be a hot prospect in the transfer portal this year. I bet. Just guessing. Yeah, probably. Who they North, lost their, their North guy Dakota last year? Probably pick him up. Good. Yeah, they had a uh, this Greigels last year who had a pretty good year for him, and he was a goalie that I had my eye on for St. Cloud. He ended up going to UMass Lowell, bringing this all full circle. <laughs> uh, and and Greigels was in a, a fairly successful tandem. They were kind of doing a, a Caster-Bassey situation uh, in Lowell. Uh, that was working fairly well up until this last weekend. Um, and so... Yeah, would be uh would would not be shocked if if uh, uh Alaska's goalie is a hot commodity in the off season. Yeah, speaking of full circle and whatnot, I can't believe we didn't even mention Crookshank and his homecoming. 
And when I say homecoming, I mean oh yeah, uh, Crookshank uh, played for Minnesota last season. Got right. carried down in the depth chart. Transfer yeah. St. Cloud has been a powerhouse for us. So maybe uh, we could look forward to him and uh, having him be a player of the weekend and uh, popping in, you know, four goals on the weekend. He's going to be having the Magical Mystery Tour, Magical Mystery Reunion Tour back-to-back weekends here. Because he can just skate right back into that CC series uh, coming on the other side of the Gopher series too. So just getting, getting all your revenge all in a row. Ah, he was born a traveling man. That's right. Um, as far as NCHC Omaha uh, split against St. Lawrence, uh, I had the pleasure of watching some of uh, Omaha Twitter meltdown after after Friday's game. Um, now that game was a, a loss in overtime, um, you know, for for what it's worth. But there were a lot of unhappy Omaha fans about the refing, and I'm. No, I saw some of the things that weren't called that people think they should have been called. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with it um, that they were screwed that bad, um, especially when St. Lawrence didn't have a power play all game. Uh, but they got really good turnouts for all weekend. Um, I think the Friday game had about 7,300 uh, there for that series. And... um. So I mean that's yeah, seven thousand for Omaha. That's a that's a that's you know over over Christmas too. Students not like that's a heck of an impressive feat there for Omaha. Yes, it is. Not so much losing to St. Lawrence in overtime, but um, that's not good. good on the attendance. And CC you know loses an overtime game against Princeton the night after spanking them. Uh, Miami drops a game to Niagara. Niagara going three and one this year in NCHC buildings. NCHC play. Um, uh, so new, new team, maybe uh, eyeing the NCHC. Maybe the spring could, could be, right? could be. Pro- well, it'd be a yeah, it, it'd be a upgrade from Miami um, in terms of the pairwise, at least. Um, so there's that. Uh, yeah, you know, saw some of the just kind of looking at other high teams and pairwise right now. You know, Merrimack gets spanked by Providence in uh, Dartmouth's holiday tournament a night after having to go to overtime just to beat Dartmouth, who is mm-hmm. horrendous. Um, Merrimack's a, a, a strange team. Um, I'm not quite sold on them. Michigan State in kind of free fall mode. You're you're getting some some uh, hints as to my preseason or postseason prediction let's, here. Let's just you know, go they, right uh, into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we yeah, we, we can't do that. Yeah. So I, I so you're cutting me off at the pass here. Where do you want to start? Michigan State and Big Ten or or what? Um. Well, let's first off. Let's I think. What do you what do you want to do about Atlantic Hockey and CCHA? Like, okay, are we well, just saying? Yeah. Are we are we, we actually going to predict out of the way teams? Because are we yeah, actually going to well, predict yeah. teams, or are we just going to say conference tournament winner and no, just move no, no, on? No, no. That's no. We 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 call a team. Really? Why? This is just a crapshoot. 
Well, um, yeah, but that that's the fun. Last year, <laughs> remember, I took Bentley in Atlanta cocky, and that wasn't right. Um, that was that was not right. <laughs> yeah, I have one team each in these leagues. Yes. So it is somewhat of a coin flip. I did have to, I don't know if I knew this or not, um, put that on a T-shirt. But uh, Atlanta Hockey ended up uh, redoing their postseason format, tournament format, uh, more to, in in line with the Big Ten and the CCHA, where they're doing it all on campus sites. Uh, two out of three the first round, and then single games at the higher seed for the semifinals, and then a single game championship at the higher seed. So doing away with the neutral site tournament, which, if it means anything, it just makes your regular season champ in much better position just because yep. they don't have to go on the road at all. So that's the reason I, I, whenever we get to Atlanta hockey, I like to root for the teams that have not made the tournament yet. Bentley. Out of that league, <laughs> namely Bentley, namely army sacred heart. Uh, there might be another team in there. I, I know those three have never made it. So I do like to root for those teams, but I am just going easy this year, and I'm just picking the first place team and RIT. So I'm going with RIT out of Atlantic. Who do you got coming out yeah. of the league? Yeah, definitely the same. Um, RIT is, you know, maybe quietly putting together a kind of a solid record. Um, but obviously, as far as like teams they've played, I mean, they got kind of spanked by Penn State 6-1 and then lost 3-1. Um, so it's, I, I mean, I don't see them being... A, a, a real threat. test there, a real non-conference test there for test Penn there State, for we, Penn should, State. We, should, we should add. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that split, like you said, against um, uh, a Princeton team or that is mediocre. So... Um, but I mean, just looking at everybody else in that conference, I don't think there's anybody else. I do also agree with RAT. Um, but you know, like you said, you know, let's let's root for an upset with Sacred Heart. Maybe they can they can make a run at it, right? Yeah, definitely I thought, don't want to see AIC. And Sacred Heart is is number two right now in the conference, twenty eight points, and they there there's been an uneven amount of games. I think actually RIT's played two fewer games than Sacred Heart. So yep. even RIT's two point lead is a little deceiving because they haven't played as many games as everybody else. But yeah, you got AIC yeah, right on the doorstep. Three points and, and three or three games less than AIC. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I can't do math on the fly that quick. But yeah, AIC the f- what the four time defending champ of this league. Uh, they're still, they still have a, I would not be shocked if they end up coming out of that tournament, but, um, RIT has been there before too. And, uh, they seem to play well on home ice. And if that's worth, you know, if they have the home ice advantage throughout the playoffs for their tournament, uh, I'm going to stick with the odds on favorite and just keep it simple and go with RIT. Yep. And then CCHA. for the CCHA. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, st- Stubbornly sticking with Mankato, um, even though okay. they're not the leader of the pack in terms of pairwise right now in the CCHA. Uh, both Bemidji and Michigan Tech are above them. Like, 
Am I dumb, though? Like, just looking at the St. Cloud games against Mankato and Bemidji, I, I realize that St. Cloud lost a game to Bemidji and swept Mankato, but the the talent on those two teams, it didn't seem to be incredibly, like very close between those two teams, but meaning I think that Mankato has a clear talent advantage, but you, you look at their results, you know, Mankato got swept to Bemidji this last series that they played, and I just don't see Bemidji coming out of this league. I mean, obviously, very well could be wrong, but um, and I, I just don't, I don't trust Michigan Tech either. They've had some terrible losses this season. Um, just got spanked in the in the GLI by Western, um, and so I don't trust them either. This league is not good, um, and I, I just I, I I would have confidence if I have any in the fact that Mankato can conjure up some of their recent success uh, and end the talent that they do have and get their crap together here. Um, so I'm going to go with Mankato, but I don't feel very confident in that, but I could see you know, like I would struggle to see Bemidji going on the road to win that conference title game. I could see Mankato winning on the road, uh, either in Tech and Bemidji and Bowling Green and any of these contenders. I, I could see it happening, uh, but I could also see I could also see uh, any of these other teams that I just mentioned do the do the same here. I don't think this is going to be a league where uh, they're going to make a run in the NCAA tournament. Probably going to be a one and done league, but uh, but. Uh, I, that's who I'm picking. I'm pick. I'm going purple cows. You? I. Yeah. I mean, this was another one. I agree with you on Bemidji. I. I just don't see them having the firepower to. I. I just think they're too easily going to be defeated. Um. I. I think like if the offense dries up. Um. So I I was going back and forth between Mankato and Michigan Tech. You do have a good point about Tech getting spanked by Western there at the GLI, and then also, um, you know, they beat Michigan State. We'll get to Michigan State, um, you know, in overtime. But if you know, if I were to pick a team. Michigan Tech's got some bad losses. I do like, though, their goaltending situation a little bit more um, with, you know, um, Patillo with a 2-1-9 goals against. So I'm going to give them maybe a little bit of an edge um, over. I mean, Mankato's between the – I mean, that's been the difference this year is Mankato hasn't been able to stop anything, really. Um, so that's uh, – where I am going to kind of put my money on um, if I were to pick one right now. And they were been pretty successful against Mankato so far earlier this year with a win and a tie against them as well. So uh, that's uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Michigan tech and um, uh, that's going to be my, that's going to be my pick for the CCHA. Alrighty. Um, we've been, we've been talking a lot about Michigan state do we want to go to the Big Ten? Or yeah, let, let, yeah let's, let's go to the Big yep. Ten. 
Maybe let's um, finish out finish out the West here. We'll do them in the NCHC, and then, or do you want to save you know, the NCHC to the end? No, we could do that too. Let, let's go. Let's go East, and then finish West. Yeah, let's let's do that. So ECAC. Okay. Let's let's start with start there. I got two teams, Quinnipiac and Harvard. I do who, too. Who are both who are both uh, in the top ten right now in pairwise? Uh, you've got I think one other team in the mix for the tournament, and that's Cornell, uh, who's kind of a frustrating team. They're inconsistent. They'll look real good one one game, kind of phone it in the next. Um, yeah, beating AIC eight to four on Friday and then tying on Saturday uh, or on Thursday Friday series actually. Um, but uh, I could see them making a run in the in the postseason tournament. They still play a neutral site Final Four um, in Lake Placid, um, which is how Harvard got into the field last year. We both picked that too. We both picked that Harvard was going to win the ECSC tournament. And they did exactly that. Nice. Um, but I, I think that it's going to be either Quinnipiac or Harvard to win that conference tournament this year, which means it's just going to be those two teams in the uh, NCAA field. I don't, you know, we got Colgate. I, I, they're not impressive to me. Princeton, St. Lawrence. These are all clumped in in the three to six range in their conference standings right now. Clarkson, who just won that uh, Madison or uh, Milwaukee tournament. Um, which is their high water mark of of a very disappointing year for them, and then he got the real dregs of of the league union. Our our guys Brown, uh, Yale, who break up Yale. They scored five goals tonight against Army. How did they um, do that? I'm I'm saddened by that because they went into this last weekend averaging under one goal a game. And I wanted that. I wanted that uh, average to to stay under one goal a game. This year, five goals in a game ain't gonna do very. It's not good with that with that uh, wish. So, stop scoring goals, Yale. Um, yeah, exactly. you're making it less fun for me. Hey, but, they yeah. got Miramac. They got Miramac in <laughs> Vermont next. So who knows? Start Watch out. Four game streak of no goals. Yeah. The truck has started. Now watch out for you. But no, and seriously, these these bottom five teams are are absolute garbage. Yeah, I only see Quinnipiac and Harvard coming out of this league. And I mentioned this, you know, a week or two ago about how how because the ECAC is so bad, the margin for losses is less for these teams. Quinnipiac and Harvard, they drop one of these games against any of these five, bottom five teams I just mentioned. You know, that could really sink them in the pairwise. I just I think Quinnipiac's done enough to solidify a spot in the tournament. And right. I do like Harvard's uh, high-end talent. Watched uh, most of their game yesterday against uh, Northeastern, scoring yes, eight Northeast. goals on them. Um, you know, they got some real flashy uh, players. Farrell, um, Gaffney, um, what's the other one? Coronado. So they, uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty, um, they're pretty talented, um, you know, high-end skill wise. So I, I do like I do like them. Um and obviously Quinnipiac's been the, the class of this league for, for quite a while now. So I don't see another I don't see a third team coming out of that league. And it sounds like you are just sticking with the two uh Quinnipiac and Harvard as well. 
Yeah, I I agree. Um, just for fun, you know, I just clicked Quinnipiac and I said hypothetically, if they do lose one game to Dartmouth, which is their next game, um, they drop from two to five in the pairwise. So I mean, that's just a one game result. So that kind of just is a testament to how much, you know, how important it is that they don't drop a game to this lesser any of these lesser teams and that's pretty much all they play is just kind of garbage teams the rest of the way well they got two games against harvard including one one this weekend which should be a good game um harvard i think has a better they have a better non-conference schedule they harvard played michigan earlier in the year they're always in the bean pot and you're gonna play some decent teams there so I think their margin of you know, like they can probably afford a bad loss more than Quinnipiac does, even though Harvard is lower in the pairwise than Quinnipiac is. Uh, I still think that Harvard has more of an opportunity to bank some better wins here in the second half than Quinnipiac does. And Quinnipiac has a chance to play UConn in that Connecticut tournament as well, which would be a good matchup. The other two schools. Yeah. Yale but, and uh, Sacred Heart, not going to help your pairwise too much. But a, a Quinnipiac, yeah, a UConn game would be a good one. Um, but, I mean, as of right now, I think Quinnipiac is in the 40s for strength of schedule. Right. So, I mean, that's that's where I was just kind of looking just for fun because uh, Quinnipiac's women's team just beat Wisconsin um, 3 nothing, and I think they were ranked fourth in women's hockey. So I kind of took a look and just get – or. You know, when was the last time, if if ever, there was a time when there was both a women's and a men's champion from the same school? So, nice little trivia question. Do you know? I will say, yes, it has happened. I'll say Minnesota. Wisconsin. It's probably my second guess. I, I didn't, didn't know. I didn't think they started winning theirs until a little bit after, but... Um... I thought maybe maybe the Gopher women would have won one of those when Lucio was winning his back-to-back ones, but I mean, there's only been a Shannon Miller, yeah, Shannon Miller, Minnesota Duluth for those years. Oh, she oh they they were winning the national titles in those early two thousands. Okay, yep, yeah. I mean, there's only been what six or seven champions in women's hockey. Period. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. so it, the. I know that's like I knew Clarkson men's Clarkson hasn't played, hasn't won a national <laughs> title uh, anytime soon. Ohio state. Did not Ohio win a national state. Title. Yeah. Uh, so, so the options were limited, but I was, yeah. I should have just gone with my gut and went with Wisconsin. Cause that was my other um, choice. And Minnesota, I mean, Minnesota was a good choice. Cause I mean, the year before Minnesota won uh, for the women, I'm sorry, it was Oh six. So Oh five right. Minnesota women won. Um, 06 Wisconsin, um, obviously. And this um, is the one Wisconsin national title for men in like 30 years. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, for, for it to happen also in a year that the, uh, that the women won, it's kind of, kind of fluky. But Another and, kind of fun... Uh, thing I saw is that there was also a year where uh, both schools were the runner-ups. 
or both. So they were exactly the runner-up. It's not yeah. like one won and one was in the national title. Correct. And that one was Minnesota uh, in 2014. <laughs> See, I was going to go with Wisconsin then, but... <laughs> Nope, 2014, uh, the Gophers women's team lost to Clarkson, and that was, oh, the, yeah, first, and then... that was the first non-WCHA team to win um, a women's national hockey uh, title. And then, obviously, that was that union team against Minnesota in 2014, right. which that union team was so good. So good. Oh, but no, it, it was the Miracle on Ice, don't you remember? Oh. God, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the team that lost what once after Christmas or something like that, and they oh, what was what was I can't remember what publication that was like. Bring it, me the news or something. Or it, it was, was some, like the city pages, I think, which like never oh, writes about hockey. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a weird like uh, what are you doing writing about sticking your lane kind of deal. Um, yeah, and I believe city pages are. Done now, so maybe that so. that maybe that uh, brought them down. <laughs> it, it very well may have. Yeah, that's right. They they tried to say, I can't believe the mighty Minnesota team lost to the little private school that doesn't give out hockey scholarships. And it's like, have you seen Union play? They're so good. Anyway, I just thought about that because I I went to a Coyotes game a couple weeks ago and uh, Gostaspear plays Gostaspear. for uh, yeah. Arizona now and. The, the plus seven game that he turned in that that game one of the better seven game performances from especially from a defenseman got to be got to be the best defenseman performance in a title game yeah. of all time yeah and uh, yeah um but yeah Quinnipiac and Harvard Quinnipiac obviously has done enough Harvard um I think as well like you're I don't think you're going to get more than two teams out of this it's going to take a huge upset i think for any of i mean cornell is at 15 in pairwise right now so i mean i, I they're not they're not completely out of it i just i don't i don't really trust them um to get it done either they've been one step forward one step back kind of all year so of course it could happen i'm just not expecting it to happen uh, where do you want to go next? Hockey East? Yeah. No, this one was Hockey. tough. I, I think yeah. between Hockey East and Big Ten, I wavered the most as far as who's going to get a fifth team in between those two leagues. Um, yeah, same here. And I don't really feel... I, I put four teams for the Big Ten, and I kind of feel confident about that. Uh, and I put five teams in for Hockey East, and I'm really not confident on that. But I, that was my that was exactly my dilemma too. Um, was which team is going to get the fifth? Um, because you look at the fringe um, of the like the teams that are going to sneak in, and it's just like neither of them I think are that good, <laughs> or. Or even in Michigan State, I think just their schedule is what's going to really bury them. But um, you know, as far as as far as where hockey East goes, obviously, okay. So I've got Miramac, UConn, Boston, and Providence, which is a little bit chalk because it's just one through four in the standings right now. But I don't trust Northeastern. Um, yeah, they're, I they're don't toast. 
Yeah. And then Boston College, and obviously we saw the Lowell ship sink right before our eyes. So well, just... you forgot you forgot the one team that I included. I had those Ooh. same four. I had those same okay. four. And then I'm gonna go with UMass. UMass. Okay. As the fifth team. Uh of those five teams, the one I trust the least is the top one in Parawise right now, Miramac. Miramac. Yeah. I but I just think that it's going to be very hard for them to drop to tumble out of six in pairwise, um, and so I am going to stick with them for now. Um, I am and, interested and we'll, though in Connecticut. Um, I like you of these of these five teams. I think I might like UConn the most. I think they've got like they've got the mojo. Uh, they got like an intangible kind of thing going on here. Plus they're just. Um, moving into a new uh, facility, uh, on-campus facility. They've been playing these weird Saturday afternoon games in Hartford all year, and for the better part of their Hockey East existence, for that matter, uh, playing second banana to their AHL team in, in that facility. But uh, they've, uh, I don't know, they've got, uh, they've got like when Quinnipiac started getting really good, they got that sort of vibe for me. Um, so even though, I mean, they're at 11 in pairwise, it, 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 from my perspective, if you're in top 10 in pairwise at this point of the year, pretty solid that you're going to make the tournament. So I'm going to, I just kind of went ahead for the top 10 in pairwise. Currently, you're going to be in the tournament. UConn at 11, I have to stop and think about them, but I might be more confident than them. Certainly I'm more confident than them than Miramac and Miramac's higher than pairwise. I just, I like this UConn team and I think they've got, they got a little something uh, right now, it's something special, I think, and so I think they're going to use that momentum going forward here the rest of the year. And I'm more confident than them than any of these other teams. Um, Providence, I do like them as well. I think their their goaltending has been very good this year, and they've been scoring a lot of goals lately too. Typically, they're a team that uh, thrives on defense and goaltending. But you know, six to one win against Miramac their last game, they put on you know. They put up six, six, seven goals uh, a number of occasions this year. So I do like them. BU also kind of a high flying, younger team, but uh, you know, new coach, new sort of energy in that program, and they've been playing a very tough schedule to pretty good results so far this year. And I think they're pretty solid. Um, it came down to that fifth team. I'm thinking like between them and the Big Ten. I'm now thinking it's maybe like maybe the NCHC does get a fourth team in. I have them at three teams right now, but I'm not sure. I'm looking at the uh, interconference standings. The NCHC actually hopped Hockey East sometime in the last week or two. It's very close, but uh, NCHC is actually the second best non-conference record, up uh, second to the Big Ten, who's pretty far away the the number one team in in that category this year but that generally if you you look at the split of the teams um per you know by conference how many how many teams each conference gets in generally does kind of align with uh how better the the interconference records go so be with hockey east at five teams and nchc at three and with the nchc with a slight edge over that conference and uh, the interconference record i might want to get it forward four instead uh, but uh, 
but I do like I do like UMass. Like they're again battle tested. They've got a national title under their belts. Some of these players have have that experience with them. Um, they've got some key wins early in the year. The sweep against Denver is going to do them wonders um, going forward. They have also they have been kind of an up and down team. Like you're talking about Cornell, like they'll they'll look real good one week and and kind of stumble the next. But I do think that they have the schedule is in their favor in terms of it's not easy, but they have opportunities to rise in, in pairwise. You know, they got three games against or two games against UConn. They've got BC, BU, Providence. They've got three games against BC, I should say. So, and they still have, and they have a, a handful of kind of winnable games too. A couple against Maine, a couple against Vermont. It's possible for them to make a move in pairwise based on the quality wins that they've already banked and the opponents that they're playing in the second half of the year. And so, if they can, and I think it's not. Whereas I think the Big Ten is going to get more in trouble when in terms of cannibalizing their own members. They're just going to beat up on each other and knock a couple of teams out of the pairwise position. Hockey East, you still have a separation in the standings where you do have the New Hampshire, Maine, Vermont, and you can even throw Northeastern into that mix too, where that clump of teams is clearly kind of the second half of the league uh, at this point. And so... Uh, if those, if these kind of contending teams that we're talking about can continually beat up on those bottom feeders, then it's going to bode well for getting five teams in. Um, but you know, we shall see. I just seeing it right now on paper, like five teams in hockey East just doesn't make sense, but, yeah. uh, uh, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm sticking with it. So, uh, I've dug my grave and I'll have to lay in it. Yeah. I mean, what really hurt with UMass, they, they started off. Um, you know, a tie to American International. They ran off a five-game winning streak, and then a five-game losing streak. Um, and that five-game losing streak was all to conference opponents. Um, you know, they lost one game to Miramac, got swept by uh, Providence, won in overtime, but swept. And then uh, BU just took them out to the woodshed. That's where UMass kind of laid on the outskirts for me. Um on it and i only have four in um and you know i don't really trust miramac connecticut as well they're only 500 since uh november 18th uh and that is including two wins one overtime against long island so i'm not really sold on them um as much as you know some of the national writers want to tell me that uconn is for real I just, I don't, I don't really see it. So I've only got, you know, the top four in there right now. I don't trust UMass that much. Mass Lowell, obviously we saw it just collapse. And then I don't see a team like uh, Boston College is going to be able to make a run or anything like that. I think they've been playing better too. I did consider BC as well, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm circling this as the one that's going to be the most wrong for me. Um, the number of teams I think is too high. And I wouldn't even be surprised those top four that we both have. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some movement. One team drops out of that. Uh, maybe they only get three teams in. Who knows? Um, uh, it's it's a weird year. Weird to it's because we we've said too. There's not a ton of like super teams. There's a lot of oh pretty decent. You know they can look good on a weekend, but 
I don't think any none of these teams that we're mentioning are going to go on one of those union type runs in the second half of the year here. I just don't see a a twenty game winning streak really with any team uh, in college hockey this year. That might be a good thing. So, but it's, it just makes it difficult to decide on on who goes, who's who's out, how many teams from each conference, all that kind of stuff. So this was this was a challenge. Uh, so then moving over to Big Ten, who you got? Yeah, so uh, Michigan State has been in free fall, losing five out of six, uh, five out of their last six games. So they are currently in pairwise uh, territory, but I have them dropping out. So I just have four teams from the Big Ten, just four teams. It's over half their league. But I got Minnesota, I got Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. And... Don't trust uh, Michigan State enough that, that they can pull it back together. Plus, they have, a, I think, a, a tough go of it in the second half of the year, though, schedule-wise. Notre Dame is a team that has never impressed me this year. It's just like, and they're being booed, I can see, in the crash. Uh, I think they're 13 or 14 there. They would be in the field if you look at them, but that's largely based on the fact that they are playing what they consider to be the toughest schedule in the country. You can see that with a lot of the Big Ten uh, schools right now. Their strength of schedule is going to be super jacked up because the quality of the conference has been so hot this year. That just doesn't... That that makes Notre Dame a team that's deceiving to me. Like, I don't think they're that good. Um, but they're going to they're gonna be higher than they, than they should uh, in the computer's eyes because the rest of the league has been very good. Um, and so their record, which is basically just 500, is, I, I don't think it's, I, I don't I don't believe in Notre Dame at all. And so I just got the four teams there, Minnesota, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, which I, I like all four of those teams as far as I think that they, they're all solid teams. You know, we've talked about a lot about Minnesota, obviously, this weekend, or this, this show, you know, previewing this coming weekend. Penn State, we've talked a lot about them. You know, a lot of these, you know, Michigan as well, you know, high-end offenses. And, and, and in Ohio State's case, I think they've got a, a really good goaltender. So I don't think, you know, we've, we've kind of had fun speculating how what the max that the Big Ten can get in, like theoretically versus realistically. Because now we're at the second half of the year here, it's all conference play. Uh, you are going to have teams beating up on each other now in conference. So because of that, you'd have five teams qualify right now uh, in pairwise and a close six that at Notre Dame at 16 right now. But I do think that these teams are going to beat each other up a little bit and cause one or more than one to fall out of the pairwise picture. So at the end of the day, I'm going with those four teams. Uh, what do you got? <sighs> I did put Michigan State in. You did? <laughs> so okay. I do have five. And I'm not happy about it because the big thing that it came down to for me is that between the NCHC getting a fourth, Hockey East getting a fifth, and Big Ten getting a fifth, which do I feel more confident in? <sighs> And I did end up as my last pick, picking Michigan State. Even though I'm not sold on them, I don't think they really have that 
I don't know. It's like the worst pick, like by default, that I could pick because I'm not happy about it. I don't think they're going to have a shot at it. Like you said, they lost five of the last six, one to Ferris State, overtime to Michigan Tech, and then their remaining schedule, like you said, Ohio State, Penn State, Minnesota, Notre Dame, Michigan, and then finishing at Wisconsin. So, I mean, that's just a murderer's row that they have to go through. And, you know, this might be an instance where I I don't know. I have them in, and the more I think about it, the more I don't like it. Um, You know, you do make a good point about the NCHC because I originally had three teams in there. Maybe I do sneak in the fourth. Who that fourth is, I don't know. (laughs) But it's... I don't know. I've I've got Michigan State. Obviously, the other four I think are locks, um, but you know, locks in the sense of not mathematical locks, obviously. But like I, it'll be quite the collapse if those four don't make it. Um, Michigan State. I have, Michigan State. I have them sneaking in there at the end, and I don't love that pick. I feel like I'm. It might be. Three weeks from now, I'm gonna look really dumb with that pick because <laughs> they're so. in. They're, I think they'll be they'll crisis. be there at the end. They'll they're gonna be one of the either they're gonna be in or they're gonna be one of the last teams out. I I don't think that they're gonna become irrelevant here. I think they're gonna they're a decent team, but they're just not gonna be quite good enough. But that's not a that's not an unreasonable pick. And as far as I guess the NCHC uh, finishing up there, you know we've talked on and on on and off about this topic throughout the first half you know how many teams is the conference going to get in which teams are those going to be i just went with three and i went st cloud denver and our friends north dakota you did which i'm not happy about so i'm leaving off uh western michigan which if i'm going to have one I'll take it back and rejigger it at the last second. I think I would put, I would drop UMass and I'd put Western Michigan in as a fourth NCHC team. Interesting. Cause but as I it, would think if I were to do that, I would drop Michigan state and put in North Dakota. Cause I do have Western in it. You do have Western in there instead of yep. North Dakota. And yeah, I don't, I mean, North Dakota's at 19 right now. So, I mean, they're in spitting distance. To think that they're going to win the NCHC tournament seems like, I think we, we mentioned that a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. We forget, though, how bad they played in the frozen face-off That's true. In, rec- in recent years. Their, um, their final five uh, magic hasn't been able to transfer leagues. Something about it, I, it makes me seem like they're just going to pick it up into high gear here. Um, it, if that doesn't happen... I'd love to be wrong. Uh, like, if if I'd love that if it didn't happen, if it didn't. And the thing about them picking gear. up into high gear is that they just need to stop a puck. Yeah, <laughs> like that's well, all that needs to happen. Well, and maybe we saw that in their series at Western Michigan to close out the first half, where Deritter gives up two goals on the weekend, including a shutout on Saturday. Maybe that's the uh, that maybe that's the real. Uh, Drew DeRitter. Uh, Maybe Poulin was just storing up all of his goals for a uh, memorable right. GLI. Is this very true? Now watch, like they they come out this weekend against Lindenwood and dump one of those games. Um, 
I would laugh. I think I would laugh. Yes. Um, but uh, they got an yeah. interesting schedule here because they got their next six at home. Yeah. Um, before going to Miami, which I would love to say is an easy sweep, but as St. Cloud proved, well, it's not. Yeah, I think it's a it's a favorable schedule for them. You got the the two weeks there back to back at Denver and then home against St. Cloud, but the rest of it home heavy, uh, and then trips to Miami and CC. Um, I, I think that we'll. I think by the end of January we'll be able to see if this team is going to kick in high gear because, like I said, yeah. Lindenwood the next week, this weekend, home against Western Michigan, home against Duluth, those three weekends all at home. You know, they go five and one, something like that in that stretch. We could think, okay, this is the North Dakota that we kind of expected to show up this year. If it's like a three and three kind of split. Then yeah, this might be fighting for home ice and wave uh, that Fargo regional bye bye, uh, which again would not be complaining if that happened. Yeah, would not uh, be upset with that. And yeah, I don't. I did consider Western as well. I just you know maybe I maybe it's the case I just don't trust Cameron Rowe to do the job there either. And so, but again, my my. Uh, if I, ha- if I could have one more crack at this, I think I would also put in Western Michigan and then dump one of those Hockey East teams just because I do that top line for, for Western is, uh, is, is excellent. And so yeah. um, that, that has the potential of, of single-handedly kind of carrying them into the, into the tournament. It's possible that Pollen, you know, I, know, I think we mentioned last week about if we wanted to do like a Hobie Baker prediction i really don't have a great a great one of those although looking at pollen the thing there is the success of western that might be the biggest factor in pollen's hobie chances hobie loves seniors hobie loves goals hobie loves narratives and hobie loves good teams too you're not going to win a Hobie Baker on a bad team. You're not going to win a Hobie Baker on a on a non NCAA team. I can't remember the last time that's happened. Actually, um, it's got to be a while. Uh, and so, if Pollen puts up like a thirty something goal year with seven hat tricks and all this, but Western doesn't make the tournament, I, I would have to think his chances of winning the Hobie are fairly remote. Uh, but if uh, if they are like if this if he was having this season and Western was the number one seed like they were last year, I think he'd be like a better than average chant like favorite to win the Hobie at this point in the year. But because Western's not doing as hot as they were last year, uh, I don't love his chances this year. Although I just you know I mean Fantilli I don't think has played quite enough games so far. Like he just which is the second half of the year he'll shouldn't miss any of these games now that the juniors will be gone and done and, and all that. And hopefully is like, he, he missed a couple of games due to the flu. Hopefully that's not going to come back. I mean, he makes a lot of sense too. I, do you have any, um, do you have any Hobie, uh, wild eye Hobie prediction at this point? No, I mean, yeah, just looking at, uh, 
pollen with everything and the hat tricks and the buzz and whatnot. It's, I, I think he's having a special season and not, and you know, I was just kind of looking over his stats and kind of was looking at shooting percentage. Um, you know, he's got a 22% shooting percentage, 22.6. So that's incredibly high. Uh, but surprisingly, it's not leading the NCHC. Uh, that is uh, Jack Randall from Omaha, mm-hmm. um, who has 15 goals on 60 shots, where uh, Poland has 19 on 84 shots. So it's uh, Jack Randall's at 25% on his shooting percentage. So I found that kind of interesting. Um, and uh, Poland only has two penalty minutes. He's only been called for one penalty all year. So it's I I would give it to him <laughs> um, as a you know, where we're, where we are right now. Um, you know, just, just looking at some of the other players, you know, it might be an instance where kind of like Michigan a few years ago, where you had one line, all of them nominated, (laughs) um, for, you know, a top 10 finalist. You'll probably have that again with Western Michigan. Um, uh, but it's going to be, like you said, it, if they end up kind of stumbling here towards the end and not make the tournament, you know, you're going to wonder if the, some of that luster is going to be gone on some of those, some of those players. Looking back at the list of Hobie winners, um, this is not counting Scott Perunovich who won the 2020 Hobie when there was not a tournament. I mean, Duluth obviously would have made the tournament that year, but not counting that, I believe the last Hobie winner to not have his team make the NCAA tournament, Brian Holzinger for Bowling Green in 95. Um, so if, uh, like I said, if uh, Western Michigan fails to make the tournament, I would have to, just history is against him. Uh, so, but if he scores 40 goals, I bet you Western has a good chance of making the tournament. Uh, yeah, that's also so. true. Um, you know, the narrative this year very much is that, you know, it's a down year for the NCHC. Um, but you know, you pointing out that we're sitting at number two in non-conference, um, in, or in inter-conference records, um, was kind of interesting, especially considering the fact that, uh, the big 10, you know, is 10, and one against Atlantic hockey. So they've scheduled 11 games against Atlantic hockey and, was able to take care of business, whereas the NCHC is only six and four against Atlantagaki. So quite the difference there. I wish that these, uh, I'm just curious. Um, of course, I'm not throwing shade at the Big Ten or anything at all, but <laughs> I, I'd, love, I'd love to know uh, home and road splits here, just the amount of home games in, in these results, because I can guarantee you, well, I know like Miami went to Canisius, and I'm not saying that we should give Miami the Nobel Prize for traveling to Canisius, but guarantee you those 11 games against Atlantic Hockey, Big Ten ain't going anywhere for those games other than their home rinks. So there is, uh, you know, there, there can be some deceiving numbers in here just because we don't have those. NCHC is a little bit more willing to do a, an even split when it comes to their non-conference games. St. Cloud has been very good about that. Like literally been five and five the last couple of years. So, um, 
Yep, give us the medal for trying harder. Um, and uh, then we can uh, weight the uh, standings more uh, appropriately. Very much so. Um, so, yeah, the only real difference, um, and we made addendums, really, um, to put an extra team in the um, in the in the NCHC, which means we pretty much have an identical field right now. Well, we ha- I think we have more differences this year than we did last year. Oh, I got I got that... UND, I got UMass, and well, with I got the addendums Mankato. that we made, where you dropped UMass and added Western, I dropped. That wasn't Michigan an addendum. I I said that was just my. If I had one oh, I extra, we no, the 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 list was with UMass and without without with just three NCHC teams. So even though I'm not real confident on the UMass thing, I I wrote it in pencil here. So that means <laughs> it is etched in stone. So I want to go back and uh, and do this and just just for posterity because i'm going to listen to this one when the ncaa field is announced one thing that i i'd like it i'd like the pairwise to be like i want to be able to go back in pairwise to see where teams were like i'm glad you mentioned the the lowell was 14 and they dropped to 27 but i just want to know for for right now the top 10 in pairwise one is Minnesota, two Quinnipiac, three Denver, four Penn State, five SESU, six Merrimack, seven Boston University, eight Michigan, nine Ohio State, ten Harvard, eleven UConn, twelve Providence, thirteen Michigan State, fourteen Western Michigan, fifteen Cornell, and sixteen Notre Dame. So those are the top sixteen in pairwise. I'm just using that for posterity because I'm going to listen back to this and see which of those team, like how many of those teams, made the tournament uh in march um and i'm guessing it's going to be most of those teams um so but i'm just uh if you use the customize on chn they've got that you you you, switch the modify date to the last date of so you could have gone like back to new year's so and so you would just be blanking out all the results since then Yep, and then they'll okay. I did not know that that was uh, uh, possible, but that's good to know. So yeah, you can just edit that out then. Um, uh, <laughs> nope, keep the, it in. It's a good rundown for everyone. So maybe I'll even move this section. No, I'm not. No, no, just just dump it. <laughs> nope, not gonna dump it. Keep it in. Deal with it. Um. Uh. So yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, or. You know, I said, you know, very very similar, but with, you know, we've got, you know, you have RIT, right? We both agreed on RIT. We yep. have differences in uh, CCHA. And then, like, UMass, we have the UMass in Hockey East. Yeah. Ugh, I don't like Michigan State. And you have Michigan State. You have Michigan Dumb. State. So there's there's a couple. There's a couple. I, re- I, re- I, I regret that decision. Watch, they're going to run off like six in a row here. They could. So, um, all right. Uh, only one question um, or two questions. Dan Jacobson asked, uh, how do you change a diaper? Um, so, uh, obviously, a new, new follower there. Um, it's, you know, after you get the first You don't done, know. He, it, to be fair, he might be changing them for himself. 
Oh, um, that's so true. That, that's a good we, point. We shouldn't, yeah. we shouldn't assume. You know, Assuming makes an ass out of you and me. Yeah, yeah. So, so my answer then would be, how do you change a diaper? Would be, depends. So. Didn't. <laughs> um, so with, um, yeah, it's, yeah. It, just know that for a newborn baby, your first poops aren't going to be your forever poops. Because those first newborn baby poops are something special. They're, they're tough. So. Um, and then, uh, Jason Bryant, uh, uh, best place to meet other Husky fans prior to the game at Mariucci on Sunday. And I felt that was a, a really good question because I think the last gopher game, gopher Husky game I went to at Mariucci, I don't know if any of the bars around there are still open. Yeah. I mean, it's been... At least five years. I think it was the sixteen seventeen season. Would have been the last. I'm sorry, three M Arena. Marucci. Yeah, at sorry. Marucci. <laughs> so yeah, I'm. Uh, I remember that. I think that time we went to Surly before, which I don't even think is that close to Mariucci. I'm not sure why we did that. Yeah, and again, I'm I'm always terrible with with names of places, and as you said. That that whole scene may have been, may, might be quite a lot different since the last time I was there. I yeah, so I can't really help very much on this yeah. one. Because I was thinking, like, I think Sally's closed. I think that's where, yeah. that's that that's where I went. Yeah, and I can't remember there there was a place that had a bus that we took. Um, Again, I'm just I'm terrible with the the names of the of of the restaurants though. It was somewhere in Dinkytown. I mean, there was I I just don't know if there was going to be a specific like SCSU alum sort of we're going to set up shop at this bar. I haven't heard anything. I'm sure if uh, if you do, you can pass that along to your to your online followers. Um but uh yeah, I'm sorry. I can't be of much service uh here in Arizona. No. Um, how about he chooses somewhere and then he makes uh, it the yeah, de facto well, uh, own, party right? central? That's right. Always, uh, always a fan of burrito loco. So if you want to, there you go. Up there, there. I'm sure there's a Payless shoe store um, around there. Maybe you could uh, set up shop at the Payless uh, shoe store. There we go. Let's start our own thing, right? They have beer there now. Oh, really? Yeah. Eh, Surly's not too far. Yeah, it's a little bit of a trek. Um, yeah, I don't know if I. I think that it maybe it had just opened that specific location or something, and of, maybe I just was wanted to to it's about go there. I, I don't know. Half. Yeah, I'm not really uh, sure why why I picked that. That was a good. That was a fun game, though. That was the one where the Gophers were up three goals. With like ten minutes to go in the third, and the Saint Cloud tied it up, and then Ashan won it in overtime. Maybe there was just down two. I can't remember. It was a late comeback, and then Ashan won it in overtime. When overtime still was you won overtime all, was immense. when it really mattered. Uh, it was a fun game. Which was that? You said it was Ashan. I know. I'm pretty sure it was Ashan was the overtime winner. It would have been like a six to five game. That, that was the Judd Peterson game, right? He tied it up, I believe. Yeah, it was his uh, hat trick, right? Maybe it was a... So, it, who scored the winner? Are you looking at the box score? 
I was I was trying to get a time frame of what year because it would have been at sixteen. It was yeah. It was it would have been six fall of yep, sixteen. Wallen. Okay, so it it was from, off of an Ashan shot, or no, it was a Sean pass. That's what it was. Yeah, from yeah, a like Sean a great, yeah, and Wallen. Really, it was yes. a blast from the past. Uh, but yeah, that was a that was a fun little comeback. Yeah, it was a it was a great pass by Ashan. I, I remember the replay. He faked it because it looked like he was going to take a shot, and then Wallen was right on the doorstep and just kind of tapped it in. He didn't have to do much. Ashan did the heavy lifting on that goal. Yeah, and they were down three, so it was yeah, they five were down to two three with ten minutes left to go in the yep. third. So. Yep. Yeah, fun times. Well, let's make some uh, more memories here this weekend, right? It's um, you got it. Uh, it's going to be two high-paced games and high-acting games, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I'll be in the building on Saturday. Um. Sunday, probably watching at home. So, but um, bring us a, bring us a win. Bring us a win on Saturday. How about yeah, you? Right. That's that, that's what I'm hoping. So, uh, thanks everybody for listening. I'm Weldy at More Clappers. M O A R Clappers. More Clappers. Andrew, what's our email? You can send me an email at Huskies Hockey Podcast at gmail.com. Send me an email. Perfect. Sounds good. And until next time, go Huskies. Woo! Woo!